Hey everybody, this is Chris from CSS Tricks with video screencast number 111, number 111. We're going to be talking about getting started really quickly using SAS, uh, SAS, a CSS preprocessor. I feel like uh, a few people out there are kind of like afraid to get started using it, or they're here a lot, a lot about it, only they just don't know how to get started. Let's get started doing it. We're going to use a program called uh, CodeKit to do it, which is only for Mac, but uh, there are some alternatives out there, so let's just talk about that in the comments. I want to get started right away here. So let's say... Uh, we have this project. Let's say our project is called Radwagon. Uh, you're developing it on your computer. You have a folder for that project, uh, and that is where all the files for this project live. I have an index file and, and, and some CSS here. You notice the weird extension here. Uh, so to get started using preprocessors, I want you to go download CodeKit. Let's see. CodeKit. Just Google it. It's at incident57.com slash codekit. It is not free, but it has this variable pricing model. So if you're poor, you can pay 20 bucks. If you really, really love it and know you like it forever, you can pay $28. I think you should go even wider with that price gap thing. Uh, I think it's the best one of these type of apps. So what it does, let me show you what it does. Let's, let's open it up. I have it here in my dock. I'm just going to click it and open it up. It's a native OSX app. I'm going to just take this folder of our project and drag it onto CodeKit. And it can see that we're adding a, a project to it. It's going to look through all the files. And it found one particular one here. It found our index.jade file. Now, this screencast is going to be about uh, 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 SAS more like. But what CodeKit does is any any file that is, you know, it can tell you're trying to pre-process it will look for and it will kind of put them accordingly in these uh, in these different sections of CodeKit here. And it found this one. And that Jade is a preprocessing language for HTML, not CSS. So it found it's like, where do you want to put it when it outputs? Just call it index.html uh, and just and just kind of do that. It will watch this file for any changes. And as soon as that change happens, it will process that file. Or you can come here uh, and compile it directly if you don't want it to compile. So anyway, we're going to have it just watch. We can just whisk CodeKit away there. And I'm going to also drag this folder onto Sublime Text and open up this project here. Let's get our nice little development environment going on. So here's our Jade file. Jade looks a little funky, right? It doesn't look exactly like HTML, but that's the point of preprocessors. It's just a little terse, white space dependent language. As soon as I hit save here, you can say, success, compiled Jade, and it made it into HTML. So this turned into this. Cool, right? Just kind of easier to write. But we're going to get started writing SAS. Oh, and I also have it open here. I have the index.html file that it just created open here. So if I hit refresh, good to go here. If I call it Red Wagons, I can just hit save, come over here and refresh in Red Wagons over there, right? It just works like that. Oops, I should have done it over here. Zzz, I'll save that. Here, let's see this. Let's call it Red Wagon. Ahoy! Notice what happened over there? It just refreshed the browser automatically. Let's see, I put a paragraph tag in there. Hey guys, thanks for watching. I'm just going to hit Command S on my keyboard and automatically over here in Chrome, it's just going to refresh that browser just boom immediately. So I can stay over here, my attention can stay over here right uh, in my code editor, and I don't have to switch back and forth all the time refreshing. It does that automatically. But I want to talk about SAS a little bit because it does something even cooler with SAS. So, okay, 
I want to get started using SAS. How do I do it? Let's just go to our folder real quick here on the desktop. Radwagon. Let's just duplicate this entire CSS folder. Can I do that? Duplicate. And I'm going to call, instead of CSS, I'm going to call it SCSS. Boom. Done. Now I'm going to come in here and I'm going to rename. Oh, there's no CSS file at all. Okay. Let's pretend there was some CSS in there. I was just trying to duplicate the existing stuff in there. I'm going to make a new file called uh, style.scss. Not CSS, SCSS. That's one of the syntaxes for SAS. Uh, and, and, and it looks just like CSS. I could go body, background, badass. If I wanted to, I could do that. Uh, we need to make our Jade file load that, though. How do you do that in Jade? Oh, hopefully I don't screw this up. Link href equals css slash style dot css. Of course, the HTML will be loading our CSS file, not our SCS file, just our regular old CSS file here. How do you do multiple attributes? Just space, maybe? Uh, rel style sheet save. Oh, it has a problem with that. That's not how you do it in Jade. Ugh. I'll just do a search for Jade and let's try to figure out how it does style sheets. Script type it. What was the exact error? 31. Terse true unknown identifier. Let's see if it likes that. That's it's cool with. I wonder what it compiles into though. Is it missing? See, it's missing the rel equals style sheet. That worked. That's what we want. It just need to get rel equals style sheet in there as well. Do you do another paren? Does it like that? Totally. That's how you do it. Cool. So that's how you do a CSS and Jade. Uh, so it's now linking. I bet if we refresh this now the background will be red, right? It should be. Oh, it didn't it didn't make our CSS file. It doesn't exist yet. So if we were to inspect element look at the console here, it's going to be like 404, dude. That resource doesn't exist yet. Okay, cool. Thanks. Let's make it exist. Uh, so we have to go into CodeKit, and we have to go under Files, and we need to refresh this project. Now, you can set CodeKit to refresh your project just every uh, every so often to find these new files, uh, or you can manually come in here and just hit Refresh. And now it's going to find another file. It's going to pop in here, that SCSS file. And look at it. It already knew. It already was smart enough to know, hey, this is where your the directory path at which your SCSS file is it. Would you like to put it in your CSS directory? It just knows. Then we have some other options here. Let's just go ahead and save this. Oh my god, it immediately in the background made our background uh, that light green color, the color of all badasses. So that's pretty cool. We could change it to red and it will just boo in the background. It just makes it red, keeping our development environment cool. Of course, I like this color better, so let's leave it there. Now we have some options. What did this compile into CSS? So we're looking at the SCSS. What does the CSS look like? Pretty much exactly the same. It put the, uh, the bracket up there, but that's about it. We have some options, though. We could say, uh, do we want it expanded? Let's try that. What happens when you do that? Uh, now it's exactly the same. Do we want it compact? What does that look like? Just one lines it for us. Or the one you should pretty much always have it on, I think, is compressed. Compile. 
no spaces, no nothing, nothing, nothing. It's going to smash your CSS into the smallest file possible. Who cares what your CSS looks like? You care about what this looks like. This is what you actually author. It's better to serve up the smallest thing possible because, of course, the way the internet works, it has to request resources from who knows where, crossing oceans, all that kind of thing. Let's send the smallest file we possibly can. Don't worry about what your CSS file looks like anymore. It doesn't matter. Serve it, make it the smallest as possible. So pretty cool, right? Let's see. We have an H1 tag. What it, what this SCSS is, it just looks just like regular CSS, doesn't it? Uh, color is kind of maybe like, I don't know, green or whatever. Yeah. See how that works? And it applies this nice like transition to it. So that's how easy it is to get started in SAS. We're started, how many minutes have passed? And a lot of those minutes were eaten up with me just blah, blah, blah. But you can just download CodeKit, open up your project in, uh, uh, drag it over to CodeKit, say, hey, watch these files. If you want it to ignore one, you just click this or whatever. But you want it to watch these files. It will detect as soon as you hit save on those files and either refresh the browser or inject the new CSS styles for you. That's how quickly you can get started pre-processing. But why? Why pre-process at all? Well, for one thing, this cool injection thing is cool. Uh, but we're writing SAS now. We're not writing just regular CSS. So we have all those cool abilities. Let's say we want to reuse that color badass a couple of times because it's such a cool color, right? We might be like, uh, best color ever is this. Now I want to use that down here. I can just reference it by variable name. Now nothing changed. The CSS is exactly the same as it was. See how it's all smushed up onto one line? Uh, uh, but we can just use that variable. We could use it here. It's basically going to disappear if we do that, right? Because it's the same exact color. Whatever. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? Super cool. Let's say we had a span in here. Uh, gosh, how do you do spans in jade? I shouldn't even have gone down the jade, the jade wagon. I wonder, I think you can do a thing like that or something and then it will kind of ignore let's put a span around this just naturally this is probably not how you're supposed to write jade come on compile yeah that's weird though what happened oh it closed the h1 and put a span there what if we like indent it mm-hmm there we go there's the span now inside the h1 so that's kind of weird there's probably a better way to do that maybe like that and like that and then, like, you would just go span space. I wonder if that works. Oh, my gosh. Did I do it? No. Burp. Whatever. This isn't a Jade tutorial. I'm not very good at it. I was just kind of making a point about how it kind of would work. Okay, but there's a span in there now. So normally to style that span, you might be like, well, I don't want to get all spans. So I'm going to do this in my CSS, color red. So we can get that going on. We'll make this back to black so you can see it or do nothing or whatever. So we just targeted just the span. Uh, but that's, you know, that can get, that can get annoying because you've written selectors like this, right? Like uh, form ul li dot dot input wrapper hi <laughs> you know you just selectors can get terse or, or or but more likely you've written form and then form ul and then dot form ul all divs inside 
LIs in there and then form ULLI div input type text or whatever. You just, if the, your selectors get more and more complex the, the further you go. It's really great for nesting. So if we're about to go down that road, we don't have to write h1 span. We can just put span right in here in this nest. Span. If we do nothing, it'll go back to black, right? But if we go color red, it'll just get the span that's inside the h1. So if we look at the compiled stuff, now just for a second, let's change it back to like expanded or whatever. This expanded, and we'll compile it h1 span it's the selector that we would have written by hand but instead we could nest it nicely now believe me this was really really nice for bigger projects keeping a uh i don't know it just it starts to feel really really natural after a while so it's really how you're kind of supposed to write css i really like it um just you know just as a quick little aside I recently wrote a post called Opt-in Typography, which is you know, credited to some other smarter people than me, but um, it just struck a nerve with me pretty good. Let's say you have a bunch of typographic styles like H1, H2, H3. Uh, and then you have like paragraph styles and list styles and whatever else. You have all this typography stuff. And it, you know, it's pretty cool, but let's say you have two different sets of it. One of them is for like your blog posts and one of them is kind of how your sidebar modules can go and stuff. Maybe you have different sets of typography. It's really easy now if you're using SAS just to be like, oh, in module, I want that stuff to come out. So you just nest it one level deep like that. Uh, and now you have this typography. All of these selectors will be prefixed then by dot module, right? And you have a different one that's completely different. So it's this totally different set of CSS. You'd be like, oh, this is this is for when they're in an article tag. It's a little different, and it just ends up being really nice uh, syntax. So that's just some of just a very little tiny sprinkling of what you get when you start writing uh, SAS or using a preprocessing language. So much cool stuff you could do. So if you're afraid of it. So easy, right? Download CodeKit, drag your folder on, and then you can just immediately start writing in that syntax. It will automatically process it for you, uh, and, and it does even more cool stuff like like automatically refresh your browser and inject the styles. Let's say, let's say, oh my gosh, let's see, let, let's take this thing just a tiny bit further, right? Let's go script. Um, first, let's let's see if we can do this. Let's see if we can do it. Script source.net. Let's load up jQuery. So it's going to be like, I'm just going to cheat here. Can I just go like that and like that and it will process properly and just put the script in there? Why did it strip away the opening? It stripped away the opening. Oh no, it didn't. It just compressed it. It's up there. Okay, cool. And then we'll go script. Now we have, now we can work with jQuery a little bit here, right? So we'll go like, and let's just put it at the bottom too. So we don't have to use a onload handler or anything. So if we do something like, if we click on the h1 element, h1.onClick function. I hope that, was that gonna even work? Is it gonna like that in Jade? Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Although there's a one weird open script element there. Oh, it's cause I have it in there twice, boom. Um, I wanna do something with click. I wanna hide and show that p element, right? So I'm gonna select the p element and go toggle. So when we click that header, 
is it open anymore? If we click that header, the, the paragraph element, as we click, it goes on and goes off, goes on and goes off, right? That's, it's kind of, we've, in two seconds here, we've kind of made a stated version um, of our web app. So if we refresh the page, literally click this, it's shown, right? Because it's by default, it's shown. I click it once and it goes away. That click could be anything. Let's say it opens a dialog box. Let's say it reveals some navigation. Let's say it, a menu pops down, something like that, right? So this is the page over here. If we make a change now in our SCSS, if we make a change in our Jade, let's try that. Uh, uh, cool demo, dude. It has to refresh the page over here, and it refreshed the page, and thus, hey guys, thanks for watching, appears again, because it refreshed and the default state is shown, right? But if I click it again here, and now this page is in this special state, right, and make a change over here, I'll make the background color like slate gray, watch what happens. It just makes the background color state gray, but it doesn't refresh the page. It just injects those new styles automatically in that cool... Uh, transitional kind of way. So imagine you have a state where it takes three, four clicks to get the page into the state you want it to be in. Let's say it's like a menu buried in a dialog box. You can leave your page open over here in that state, come over here and, and, and work in your style document or whatever in your SCSS file and make changes to what you can see without the page refreshing and ruining this page state. I think that's really cool and really powerful thing that CodeKit can do. Uh, so Windows users, yeah, there's Live Reload, which I've done a screencast on before uh, that's worth checking out that has a Windows version. It's just not quite as nice of a UI as CodeKit. Uh, CodeKit can do, you know, it can do Jade and Haml and all that stuff. It, it, it can do less as well if you think, if you prefer less. I think SAS is a little better, but whatever. It can do CoffeeScript, so it will compile that for you. And it does a bunch with JavaScript. It will run it through JS Hint or Lint or whatever and, and show you errors. It can concatenate your JavaScript together. Uh, it also reload the page and it does a really cool thing which we didn't get to here I just want to mention it briefly is let's say your project has a bunch of images in it of course it will all projects have a bunch of images in it it will show your images here too let's see let's take a screenshot really quick and then we'll go to the desktop where it will put it there and we'll drag that into Radwagon and then we'll refresh the page it's gonna find that image now that's a part of this like, okay, I'll click on it now. It's 16.2 kilobytes. I'm just going to click optimize here. Oh, wow. It was able to use some image optimization services and totally losslessly save 13% on that image. Pretty cool, right? 13% is pretty significant. It dropped two kilobytes off of the size of this image. Imagine what it can do for your entire project. Pretty cool. Like, you could just download CodeKit today have your whole project sitting on your hard drive, drag it over to CodeKit, just open the images tag, hit optimize, and just whoosh, go through every image in your whole project and reduce the font size and just commit it back to your project. And you'll uh, and then come in Monday to work and say, guys, I made our web app 20% faster in one click. Boom. Anyway, that's cool. CodeKit is really cool. Pre-processing is cool. All this is really kind of the future of workflow, I feel like, uh, in web design. It's definitely made my web authoring experience better. So, okay, a little longer screencast than I thought it would be, but until next time, guys, see you later. Bye.